Ladies and gentlemen, would you please give a big round of applause and welcome one of Australia's greats, Chris Guccione, joins us today. Say hello to the people over the back here, Chris. What about Daddy Just testing the microphone of uh, the Block Return <laughs> podcast, the most uh, listened to podcast on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah? Yeah, well, every, everywhere, everywhere. It is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, uh, Joe Craven. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, man. How are you? I'm just fine. Uh, we're sitting here at uh, Wimbledon, actually. Uh, so if you hear some noises in the background, you know why. Uh, so uh, very busy. There's a lot of people around. A lot of people. Uh, you've seen Monfils, yeah. TFO, TFO, I yeah. think. Query, uh, uh, Stakovsky is just walking past. So there is a lot <laughs> of people here. It is, and um, also the goalkeeper of the New York Rangers ice hockey team. I didn't the know. Who, I didn't know who he was, but we've got the Swedish uh, connection here yeah, to uh, yeah. keep us all up to date. That's good. Uh, maybe we'll see Federer walking by as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> So tell me, Joe, you are uh, obviously a big tennis fan, but yep. also a big uh, Wimbledon fan. Wimbledon You're here. fan, yeah. This is my uh, fifth year, no, sorry, sixth year in a row. So I've been since uh, 2013. Uh, every year, a mixture of queuing and getting tickets. So in 2013, I got tickets with the ballot. Uh, 2014 again, and then as I've got more into the sport, uh, I've been doing more and more uh, queuing and then this year there was a, a great resale from the LTA uh, for tickets and I've managed to get tickets for every day due to that so That's no, good. no queuing this year I tell you the queue is the most tiring thing I have ever done you, even if you're not queuing overnight you have to be up at 4.30 in the morning so you get paranoia that you're going to oversleep and then you sleep for about two hours you're in a queue all day and then you're out until about nine at night and then you repeat it every day. I tell you, the people who... Uh, That's just the, some crazy stuff, the, man. The people who queue overnight, I've got uh, the utmost respect for them. Yeah. I think they're a bit crazy, but <laughs> it's worth it. You know, I've got a lot of uh, friends on uh, Twitter that are Federer fans and they uh, some of them queued from Friday night. Uh, it's not something I'd personally do, but, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's uh, an experience for them. They get to see the favourite player. Uh, the benefits of queuing are that you you always get put right at the front. So uh, you get that payoff from queuing. You do get to be right at the front. I suppose the downside to that is you, you've been queuing overnight. You might yeah. fall asleep. But, but don't but, you think that uh, Wimbledon should uh, delete that system of queuing and instead doing um, like the other slams are doing? I can see uh, arguments to both sides. Yeah, I mean, you, you have the, um, you know, if you queue, you know who you're going to see uh, beforehand. Uh, you're guaranteed to get in as long as you're within, like, I think it's the first six, seven thousand, and then they start kind of uh, being a bit more stricter with the people they let in. Uh, but it, obviously the negatives, it's... Uh, it's not very fair to some people, you know, people are tra have to travel from far away for it. Um, and uh, I've, I've seen the point raised quite often on uh, social media uh, that the queue doesn't suit accessibility. So uh, in terms of like disabled people and stuff like that, it's not easy for them, you know. If someone's disabled in a wheelchair, for example, they're not going to want to queue overnight 
because it's just logistically it's difficult. So, yeah, definitely uh, there needs to be something done to make it a bit easier, yeah. for, especially for people like that. Um, it, it is very outdated. Um, from what I from what I hear, there uh, there isn't as much uh, corporate tickets given out anymore, uh, which is good. But there is still okay. a large amount that, that are given out. It's uh, it's a bit bit unfair, really. But you know, uh, that's when Budden feel they like to stick to the traditions. They've still got <laughs> they've still got this uh, this all white rule, which uh, I don't know. It, it separates it from the yes. Yeah, so well, I reckon a bit of, a bit of colour would be nice. A bit yeah. of colour would be nice. Uh, do you know who doesn't like the queuing system? Go on. Uh, Nils Svensson, the yes, first uh, yes, guest of the block yeah. uh, return episode. Yeah, well, uh, you haven't heard it yet. I haven't, unfortunately. I've, uh, it's not I've a been good a, thing. <laughs> I've been a bit lazy, but yeah. uh, no, it's definitely uh, definitely going to tune into that. You know, you have uh, fans uh, like Nils who have been uh, been around the sport, watching the sport for even longer than I've been born, and uh, it's always good to to gain knowledge off people like that. Um, you know, talking to him, you always learn things, and uh, definitely valuable to have someone like him to, to talk to. 100%. Joe, you are. I don't blame him for not queuing. No. <laughs> He's a good guy. Joe, uh, you're very active on uh, Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? I should uh, know it by now. So my uh, Twitter handle... You change hand, it a lot. Uh, well, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't change it a lot. No? <laughs> since, you have like five uh, different accounts. Since uh, 2009, it was, uh, it was a Prodigy rep. Um, okay. But uh, about a month ago, I actually got suspended on that account uh, for something that I said to Piers Morgan, uh, which yeah? I cannot repeat here. Why? Uh, because it was an expletive and I don't want to go into details. Uh, so basically, it's uh, it's actually uh, it's actually tennis related. So uh, Wimbledon final last year, uh, Marin Cilic uh, had uh, blisters on his feet. Uh, so yeah, he had uh, he had blisters on his feet, and obviously he, he doesn't like to retire. He likes to compete, um, and in the um, in that match uh, he, he was crying because of it yeah. and uh, Piers Morgan actually <laughs> called Chilich a crybaby and said he wasn't a real man uh, which uh, I found really ridiculous uh, but the worst thing was when uh, Mo Salah in the Champions League final went off with an injury he was crying uh, and again it is something uh, something sad uh, but Piers Morgan called him a real man and a hero and everything like that but he was just doing the same thing as Chilich did you know um, the blisters, blisters on your feet. Uh, it might not sound painful, but trust me, I, uh, I used to suffer with really bad blisters on my feet. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the most painful things you can have. Uh, so yeah, definitely that. that that's where, what I saw. I responded to Piers Morgan and I got banned. So uh, my new oh. Twitter handle is uh, Prodigy Rep V2. So it's uh, just the uh, just the same with a V2 on the end. Uh, so, so if you can follow my new account, <laughs> that would be appreciated. Yeah, follow him, follow Joe. Uh, I, I had about two thousand. I was following about two thousand people. I had about two thousand followers because I'll uh, always try and follow back where possible. Um, but yeah, I lost my followers, which is uh, very frustrating. Very frustrating. I hope they uh, find you again. Uh, let, uh, let me uh, read your latest yeah. tweet. Something uh, exciting is in the works, and a picture of your uh, guest pass. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, great to uh, be able to come up here. You know, I've been coming uh, to Wimbledon for, yeah, like I said, uh, six years in a row now. Um, never seen the media centre or anything like that, but Alex kind enough to get me a, a guest pass uh, so we could record this podcast. You saw my press uh, desk, but not Ubaldo, the uh, famous Italian <laughs> journalist. Ubaldo is an absolute legend. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to meet that guy. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, it's an honour to get this, you know, uh, see how the press work and stuff like that. It's really good. It's really good. Maybe during this show we will uh, play okay. some of his uh, amazing questions <laughs> to, to viewers. Yeah. He, about those questions, every single press conference you get uh, about those questions. They're the greatest. The greatest. Press conference, of course, for Alexander Zeref. If we could take any English questions first, thank you. Yes, you sir. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'd like to know if you're a little bit uh, masochist. You always lose uh, two sets <laughs> to one. Masochist? Yes, you always What's go down. What's a masochist? Down. You go down two sets to one in Paris here, and mm. then you win easily fourth and fifth set. How come? I don't know what a masochist is. Somebody who makes it very tough on himself. And who enjoys it? No, you know, one six, one six, two. 
fourth and fifth right so it was very easy no but i'm saying you know you always I mean, go down how do you how do you explain that i mean i mean yesterday was for me it was tough to play um for for multiple reasons is it uh, starting to rain? Yeah, here, no? I, uh, I was about to say I feel uh, I feel rain in the air. I feel rain in the air, but that's uh, not a good thing for. Our, but yeah, we've got loads of MacBook <laughs> and our, uh, we've got loads of electronics <laughs> outside, but uh, it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look too bad. It might just be a bit of drizzle, yeah, so it should so. be fine. It should be fine. <laughs> Otherwise, this episode uh, may we'll never recorded. May never time. release, man. <laughs> uh, it should be fine. Before we move on to our uh, facts. Facts, questions. Okay. Uh, tell me about the Kokinakis thing uh, yesterday. <laughs> you met him at the uh, so, Five uh, Guys. So basically, uh, uh, you know, I like I like Tanasi. Yeah, he's uh, he's been unfortunate with injuries, so you know, it's uh, it's nice to give him support, and he's he's quite active on social media. He replies to fans a lot and everything. Um, so it was actually it actually started at the French Open. I uh, I took a picture of him because uh, he was watching the Tiafoe yeah. Query match. And I tweeted him and uh, just said, uh, uh, Kokinakis is uh, is here watching uh, the TFO match. And then he uh, he spotted me and he uh, said, you're the one with glasses on this. <laughs> so, uh, so it was quite funny that he could spot me. And then uh, that's a good thing. I, I saw him, nice thing. Uh, I, was, uh, I was walked in yesterday and I saw him practicing. Um, and he was, uh, I think he was practicing with Alex Bolt. Uh, and I, I, I tweeted him a few things about getting the uh, the lucky loser spot, everything like that. Um, and I, uh, so he recognised me uh, as soon as I walked on, which is pretty cool because you, you know a lot of players uh, don't really recognise you when you, you've been following the sport. So it's always nice to get that, uh, get that, rec just get recognised. It's quite quite cool. Watched his practice, uh, asked him if he got in as a lucky loser, uh, and he said no. He actually said he doesn't deserve to be in as a lucky loser because obviously he lost lost in qualies and I mean that's a that's a good good attitude to have yeah. in my opinion because obviously lucky loser it's it's a good thing to get in but he's right it's uh, he did he did lose so the, the lucky loser spot is kind of rewarding you for losing so kind of like the attitude he did have uh, the fact that he didn't get in I, th I thought that was uh, I thought that was quite good uh, from him uh, but then I uh, I went to five guys uh, with my friend um, Last night, after after the uh, play had ended, and I saw him in there again, so I just recognised him. It kind of felt like I was following following him around, but he's a nice guy. He actually uh, he actually gave me uh, directions to uh, the cash machine in uh, yeah. Morrison's because I didn't have uh, I didn't have any cash with me, and they, they were only taking uh, taking card. Uh, sorry, they, they were only taking cash, so he directed me to where the cash machine was in uh, so was Morrison. is a cash guy. Uh, yeah, he must have had cash <laughs> on him, but... Uh, and then uh, when we came back, we saw... Uh, Life is uh, good for Kokinakis, we might say. Yeah, he's got. He's actually. He's actually got in in the uh, the mixed doubles, so that's good. He's playing mixed doubles wow. with uh, with Ashley Barty, so that's uh, that's good. Uh, but I actually uh, saw another player in there. I saw uh, uh, Martin Fuksovic, uh, wow. uh, however you say it. Uh, the, uh, he, he maybe caught. the most handsome guy on tour, <laughs> people might say. Yeah, I'd say he's. Uh, He's quite handsome, but I uh, actually uh, he was actually the same situation as me. He got turned down uh, because he didn't have any cash, so he had to go <laughs> and get cash himself. Uh, that's not what that's not what you want to be doing when you uh, when you lost uh, his straight sets. You have to get cash from five guys. <laughs> oh, he's going for the tag there, Meltzer, going right at him. Murray just one Six step ahead. Mil so quick to react. Murray. He will love winning these type of points. Fuksovic losing in Wimbledon and have to getting cash for five guys. Uh, we also were. How would you rate their burgers, first of all? Oh, five guys, uh, the burgers and the five bit. out of five. Uh, yeah, five out of five. Well, I'd give it four because the price is a bit ridiculous, but yeah? the price is expensive for a, for a burger, a drink, and uh, a, uh, a, a some fries. It was eighteen ninety five, which was a bit too much, but it's worth worth the money. But four out of five because of the price. That's good. And you also. Uh, 
<laughs> took a selfie with Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, I think he does. He yeah. uh, he plays it down a bit, but I think he does recognise me. Uh, uh, but he's a nice guy. Uh, he gets a lot of uh, he gets a lot, a lot of flack in the press, and I mean, for some of the things he could do, he could do. I understand, but I think he. Uh, there's players out there that do worse than him, worse things than him. Yeah. That seem to like get away with it more, which is uh, frustrating. But uh, I, I suppose it's because of what he's done in the past, uh, which kind of causes him to get that rep. But he's a nice guy. He certainly is, and uh, maybe one day we will get him on the block return, uh, Kokinakis as well. <laughs> I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask Nothing. him. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know which player? Who will talk to us in the block return tennis I've, podcast I've soon? Heard, uh, I've heard the man Jam Millman. Yeah, uh, is uh, is going to be talking to the block return podcast soon. Uh, the perfect guest is uh, his commentary. If you've heard his commentary, unbelievable insight and uh, he's an amazing definitely commentator. Got the, uh, definitely got his career. Yeah, if he wants to do it full time, he's definitely got his career kind of set uh, when. Uh, when it does, uh, when it does end, uh, tennis career ends. Uh, but I actually saw first two sets of his match against Raonic, um, and I thought he played well. Um, he was, he was, he was battling, and he had chances in both uh, tie breaks in the uh, the first set, uh, so the first and the second set. Um, but he kind of um, the, the first set. Um, I believe it was four all, and it was on Raonic's serve. Uh, and Milman had a uh, an awkward ball from Raonic, um, and he had the opportunity to put it away, but he hit it on the volley, and it gave uh, Raonic the opportunity to come back into the point. Uh, and then he won the uh, he won the uh, set from that tiebreak. So it was a bit disappointing, but yeah, he, he battled well. He returned some of Raonic's serves. Uh, it must be boring to play him. Because you literally just sat there watching Sirs fly past you. That's the beauty of playing uh, these kind of big servers. Well, I know a lot. Of, a lot of people do say that um, when you you know you watch those kind of matches, it's boring. Which on TV I'd say yes, but when you watch it in person, you kind of appreciate it more because you see the. Um, the, the power, the the, uh, the technique that yeah. people put into these serves, and you know it's just unreal. Like seeing them hit the spots over and over again with such speed and accuracy, it's uh, quite remarkable. So yeah, I think uh, it's definitely more interesting watching the biggest server in person uh, than it is um, on uh, on TV. Definitely, yeah, most definitely. definitely. Uh, and Raonic. I mean, it's I think, part of the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you, you, you don't see people complaining about big forehand or no. big backhand. Uh, and and Raonic uh, is definitely... Big slice. <laughs> can't be a big slice Fairly on Lopez. grass court. Raonic has one of the uh, the, the best serves. And uh, I think he's one of the best grass court players on, on tour. You know, he's made the Wimbledon semi-final before. Oh, twice, obviously, he's made the final um, 2016. So, yeah, he's... Um, Definitely one of my uh, favourites for the tournament to go deep. Good stuff, uh, Joe. Uh, let's do some facts questions. Uh, your full name? Uh, my name is uh, Joe Craven. Where is home for you? Uh, my home is Manchester. Big United fan? Uh, Manchester United fan, yeah. Not, not uh, a City fan? No, not a Manchester City fan, no. Uh, but I, like people say, if you're a United fan, you're a glory hunter. Uh, but you know, I have uh, I have supported United since I was uh, like four or five years old through my granddad. Uh, so my granddad uh, moved over from uh, he's Nigerian. He actually moved over to Manchester when he was in his early twenties, and he, even when he was back in Nigeria, he was a Manchester United fan. So that's kind of how I supported them through my uh, through my granddad, and it's still technically a local team. So a person you look up to in life. That's a good question. Person who I look up to in life. It's probably not a tennis player. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, tennis players are hitting the ball and stuff. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, 
That's a tough question. Let me try and think. We can move on, anyway. Um, it's a weird one, but I've got a... I'm not going to name them, but I've got like a lot of friends I look up to, you know, like friends that have gone through uh, through adversity and difficulty in their lives, but they they're still doing well and achieving for themselves. You know, you can you can look at like celebrities and and sports players and say, oh yeah, they've uh, they they do really well. But if you if you're in a it's a privilege in my opinion to be a te- tennis player and on the pro tour. I'm not saying it's it's not taking a lot of work, but you know when you've got friends uh, are suffering with mental health issues and like disabilities, stuff like that, and they still achieve stuff like in life. That, that's something more I look up to and model myself and try and do the same myself. I just saw Federer's coach wearing yeah. a Barilla hat and uh, some Uniqlo. Uh, is, uh, is that the, how you pronounce it? Uniqlo. Uniqlo, yeah. The, uh, the uh, they all get the uh, sponsors off the, co- the the coaches get the sponsors off the players. Uh, so as soon as uh, Marian Vida joined Djokovic's team again, you give it a week and he was wearing the Costco <laughs> uh, and Federer's not even left it that long. He's uh, he's already given uh, Severin and. Uh, uh, his other coach, I think his uh, fitness coach, he's yeah. already given him uh, Uniqlo clothing, which is fair enough, they help the team out, so not got a problem with that if uh, if, the, if the coaches are getting clothing, that's uh, that's quite fair in my opinion. That's good for them. So, uh, next question, favourite player on tour, is it uh, Kokinakis maybe? Uh, no, no. After the, the, yesterday. The, the, this is nothing against Kokinakis. Uh, the, the problem for him at the moment in, in becoming invested in him, and I do like the guy, I do like watching his matches. Uh, I like his, uh, I like his forehand. His uh, forehand got some nice topspin on it, uh, but he's just not around enough to get invested. Uh, I've got a few favourites, uh, obviously Kyrgios, uh, Djokovic, uh, Murray when he's around, uh, Del Potro, uh, Tiafo. I know I've g- give you a, a list of uh, more than one favourite player here. So, uh, so Michael Moe as well. Uh, I yeah. like watching Michael Moe. Uh, watched his match against Muller the other day. That was good fun. But yeah, I've got I've got more than one favourite. Take a pick with me as well, uh, Michael yeah, Moe. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's quite Met nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a fun uh, fun thing actually because uh, I was uh, cheering for him and shouting his name out uh, during the match. Um, and then uh, she was like, "Oh, you his biggest supporter during this match." And then uh, got talking to her and uh, said he, he played well and everything. Um, and then she, uh, she, I asked her who she was because I wasn't sure. She said that she was his mum. So, oh, that, that was a cool, good cool stuff. story. Favorite tournament on tour? Uh, well, obviously the one we're at, uh, Wimbledon, is up there because uh, I come here every year. Got a special place, you know. When you walk in, you see it's sunny and the, the grass is all lit up. Uh, fresh grass, especially. It looks uh, doesn't look as good in the uh, second week of the tournament, but fresh grass. We love some, <coughs> some grass, uh, tennis grass. That is nothing else. Uh, uh, well, uh, we'll refrain from commenting on that one. Uh, that's uh, that's to be kept to myself. Uh, uh, but, uh, that's a good good move there. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, there is uh, there is another event as well. Uh, I go to Rotterdam every year, uh, so it's ATP 500, uh, and it's a really uh, 
really nice event as well. You know, it's uh, it's quite cheap for what it is. So I've, I paid uh, about three hundred pound for a week ticket. So yeah, so yeah obviously uh, Wimbledon, uh, my favourite tournament, one of my favourite tournaments to attend. Uh, but also Rotterdam, uh, ATP five hundred in Holland. I've been going there. This year was my third year. So one of my uh, my favourite tournaments outside of Wimbledon is the uh, ATP 500 in Rotterdam. Uh, I've been going there this year, was my third year there. Uh, the first time I've done the whole week. Uh, so I've got a week ticket. And I think it was about £300 for the, uh, the lower level. It's really good seats. Um, and it's a good venue. The player access is really good. Um, it was good to see Federer there this year, even though it was a bit annoying because it made things uh, much busier and everything like that. But no, it's a, it's a good event in terms of fan access. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely want to attend if you can. In my personal opinion, anyway. So tell me, uh, most obscure tournament you have ever attended? Almost obscure. <laughs> well, I've, I've not attended many outside of like Wimbledon French Open. Uh, so I'd probably say the Manchester Challenger. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Manchester Challenger. Uh, but um, there was, uh, you know, the, 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 in terms of the other events I've been to, it's uh, quite small the area, um, and um, there's a, it's a lot different to the Grand Slams because you just see people walking around, players walking around. Not the top ranked ones, but obviously like in the, the lower 100 and stuff. It, yeah, it used to be a challenger, but now it's uh, an ATP, uh, sorry, an, an ITF 100K. But yeah, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it, uh, but it's just the smallest event I've been to, so I guess it counts as the most obscure. Uh, your greatest phone number in your phone? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any uh, great phone numbers in my uh, in my phone. Uh, you know, if anyone if anyone famous is listening or anyone famous follow me on Twitter, or that I interact with on Twitter, if you want to give me my phone, if you want to give me your phone number, uh, just uh, just direct <laughs> direct message me. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anyone uh, anyone famous, so I don't really have any great phone numbers in my phone. She's crazy about her daddy. Oh, she believes in him. She loves her daddy. Who is the goat of tennis? this question why I hate it well in my personal opinion there is not one uh, my just my personal opinion because there is too many subjectives when it comes to the topic so obviously you've got Federer Nadal everyone like that that's who people say the goats are um, but the thing is these these areas in the past where the players didn't have as much racket technology and uh, even science research, stuff like that. So, in, in my personal opinion, there isn't one. You know, like Rod Laver, uh, Ken Rosewall, McEnroe, Borg, Becker, all of those guys are great. They played with uh, they played with wooden rackets. Uh, and it's the same on the women's side, uh, Navratilova, uh, Ever, uh, Steffi Graf. I don't think Steffi Graf played with the racket. She might have done, but, but yeah, they, all them players had uh, less technology. So th there's always things being improved to help players more. Like you, you could not say that uh, like these guys had the same like access to, to doctors and sports scientists as uh, the, the current crop do so for me yeah I don't think there's a goat in sport my personal opinion I mean people can only live in their uh, own time but yeah can't you like compare Grand Slams titles uh, I, I suppose if you want to because we have the same discussion in uh, football yeah like, who's the best player of all time yeah people see Maradona Messi usually people say but they I do mean, I, yeah people say Messi yeah. people say Ronaldo 
But I, I suppose if if I, if I had to be pushed for an answer, uh, and if you if you uh, if you you say the goal in, in ATP WTA based on numbers and stuff like that, you've got to go with uh, with uh, Roger Federer and Serena Williams. But uh, I mean, Nadal's not not far behind Federer now. I think he's what he's on. Uh, is it seventeen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so so Nadal's uh, Nadal's getting closer to the to the Grand Slam count, so it's it's it's, uh, it's it'll be interesting. But if, if you go based on numbers to to judge the greatest, it's, uh, it's Roger Federer, Serena Williams at the moment. Not Margaret Court. Margaret Court can. Uh, I, uh, I've got a lot to say about Margaret Court, but I'll uh, I'll leave that for another time. Oh, we don't have another time. <laughs> Well, uh, yes, well, he's made uh, some yeah, controversial the, comments. The comments are just oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone knows what the uh, yeah. what the deal is with those comments. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't need to say anything else. How much do you follow the British tennis players? Uh, I'd like to say a lot, but you know, um, apart from Murray, these uh, at the moment there's not many of them that really excite me. Uh, I like Jay Clark. I like Jay Clark's game, and I like his uh, his work ethic. So I'm going to try and uh, keep an eye out for for him more. Uh, I mean, Kyle Edmund. No, he, he's got a decent enough game, but I think he's quite boring in terms of like personality and stuff like that. Uh, you know, obviously I don't I don't like to try and uh, judge players just off that, but he is quite boring. I think the players have a responsibility to. No, I mean, no, no, definitely not. That's maybe the wrong word. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his game, his game is exciting. But yeah, but, I mean, outside if, of the court, the, the interviews the, and the comparison I draw is, uh, you know, everyone says that Andy Murray is boring, um, which is not. I think Andy Murray has a great personality. He's got. It's just like a, a dry sense of humour, which a lot of people, for whatever reason, some, somehow don't understand. Maybe not necessarily Brits. I think Brits kind of do understand a dry sense of humour. Uh, and I think he's, uh, Andy Murray's very uh, educated and opinionated about the game. Whereas if you watch an interview with Carl Edmund, it's just kind of like straightforward answers and stuff like that. He, uh, he, 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 uh, That's the issue with a lot of players, we might so, say. Someone, uh, someone said to me uh, the other day, uh, and I agree with it, Kyle Edmonds uh, like a corporate person's dream because he, uh, he, uh, he's quite straight, uh, like he's quite straightforward and, and doesn't really have any controversy. So, yeah, that's what I'd say about Kyle Edmund. But it's not a bad thing, like I said. It, no. Players have got to be themselves. They can't really... Yeah. I respect him for for being the way he he, he is because if he if, if he suddenly started like acting up and all sorts just because of uh, just because of it. Do you think the players have a responsibility to? No, no, definitely not. That's maybe the wrong word. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his game, his game is exciting, but. Yeah. I mean, outside of, of the court, the, the interviews, the, and the comparison I draw is, uh, you know, everyone says that Andy Murray is boring, um, which is not. I think Andy Murray has a great personality. He's got, it's just like a, a, a dry sense of humour, which a lot of people, for whatever reason, some, somehow don't understand. Maybe not necessarily Brits. I think Brits kind of do understand a dry sense of humour. Uh, and I think he's uh, Andy Murray's very uh, educated and opinionated about the game. Whereas if you watch an interview with Carl Edmund, it's just kind of like straightforward answers and stuff like that. He, uh, he, 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 uh, That's the issue with a lot of players, we might say. So, someone, uh, someone said to me uh, the other day, uh, and I agree with it, Kyle Edmund's uh, like a corporate person's dream because he... Uh, he uh, he's quite straight, like he's quite straightforward, and and doesn't really have any controversy. So yeah, that's what I'd say about Kyle Edmund. Welcome to the All England Club. 
day one of Wimbledon 2018. It is a simply gorgeous day. It's a crowd pleaser. Poetry back in motion. It's a beautiful shot. Whoa! How good was that? Too good. That was special. It was simply irresistible. Wow! Oh my goodness! Listen to it. So obviously Wimbledon is very special. Uh, everyone who's been here says the same thing. Can you just describe for the people who haven't been here how, how and why Wimbledon is such a special place? It's, uh, it's just the, the, the whole vibe and uh, the grass, uh, the grass courts, like because it is so rare, you know. These what these like five or six grass court, five, six, seven grass court events. Um, the whole year, um, probably a bit more, um, but yeah, there's not many. Uh, so th that's what the special thing is about Wimbledon. You know, the other Grand Slams, I'm sure, are special in their own ways, but the they don't have the they don't uh, seem as special because there is a lot of other tournaments on these courts. So in terms of like. Uh, like Roland Garros, you've got all these clay court events before it. Same with US Open with hard court events before it. Uh, the same with the Aussie Open, although there's not as much, but there's still lots of events on hard court yeah. as well. So you've got that, and it is very. Um, not sure how to explain this. It's kind of it's stuck to its traditions. And there is a lot of things about Wimbledon tradition that annoy me, but in a way, there's also a lot of things about Wimbledon traditions that I like. You know, you, you don't have lots of sponsorship rubbish. You you don't have lots of like advertising boards everywhere. So you you walk in, uh, there's just literally there's. I think if I look over to a court now, for like looking what sponsorship things they are, you've got what Slazenger. IBM, uh, Robinsons, uh, and they're not plastered everywhere. And these companies have been sponsors of Wimbledon for a long time. So you've got that. It's not as. It's just plain and it's just grass cuts. It, it's hard to explain yeah, fully. It's a special thing. You get a special Obviously. feeling every year when I come back. The, fir the first time I walk through the grounds every year, you just get a smile on your face. You know, it's. Uh, it's just beautiful tennis as well on a grass court. There's, there's something different required because obviously the, the, the sur surface is uh, so low, bouncing, everything like that. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely something special about it. But you, you need to visit to, to truly see it as well, definitely. I talked to Robert Lindstedt and I asked him the same question. He was, he was like, very stupid, haven't you been walking around? <laughs> That, that's the thing, I, I, it's hard to explain yeah. in words, but just walk around, if you, if you ever get the opportunity, just walk around and see for yourself. And also, just look at pictures on the internet, if you search Wimbledon tennis on the internet, and just look at the, the overhead shots, it looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you, I just walk around and I just, like, I'll not even be watching tennis sometimes, I'll just be walking through the grounds, and the, the feeling I get, it's, it's just a special vibe, and you know, you don't really get, anyone that's getting mad at anyone or anything like that so it's, it's, it's good love it so let's talk about your relationship relationship with uh, Mohamed Layani <laughs> it's a little bit of bromance there <laughs> so uh, you have the clip where he's uh, 
Yeah, so so basically, uh, I was at the uh, the World Tour finals last year, um, and I uh, I saw uh, I was on TV basically um, uh, during a changeover, and then in the next shot was uh, was Liani and his family. You know, this guy always getting on TV, uh, even when he's not umpiring, he loves it. Uh, so the so he apparently he'd, uh, he'd watched the clip back, um, and he he'd obviously saw that I was in the shot before. And I I, I usually sit in a similar area every day at the uh, the tour finals, and it's uh, it's where the uh, umpires uh, come through. So uh, so he recognised me, so I had a chat with him, and I uh, I got him to do a video with my uh, with my name. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know he he does uh, he does like the limelight, but he's uh, he's a nice guy and he uh, he loves his umpiring. So fair play to him. You still have the clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got yeah? the clip. I've got the clip. Okay, Craven is shedding the ball on the right four side line. The board is called out. The board stands. He's the man. So. <laughs> what do you think about tennis journalism in general? Do you think that? Uh, uh, I mean, journalists uh, there need is to a... ask better <laughs> questions in order to. Yeah, but it's a tough job. It's definitely a tough job. I, I, I would, I don't envy those that do it. Yeah. You know, I've criticised journalists in the past, maybe unfairly, and I have, uh, have tried to uh, tone down doing that because it, 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 it is unfair on them. I think it's more the uh, the mainstream journalists that uh, not like that I've got a problem with. You know, you got like. Uh, bloggers and uh, stuff like that that uh, are working hard they ask good questions but it's those journalists that work for the press that generally don't really follow tennis they ask some terrible questions but yeah. in general uh, there's a lot of good journalists out there even Ben Moffenberg I give Ben a bit of stick for his uh, his best of five set stuff uh, and stuff like that but you know when he uh, when he's uh, writing his articles you, you read the guy's articles and they're really good they're really insightful yeah. uh, the, the New York Times has sent him on assignments to cover like uh, lesser known players uh, so uh, uh, I believe it's uh, I think it's pronounced because his name's like in some like weird arrangement it's Lee Ducky or, or Ducky Lee I don't know how it's said uh, but Ben did a really good piece on uh, on him and uh, one of my favourite Ben Rothenberg pieces was actually the uh, the exposure of uh, that catfish, uh, the guy who uh, pretended to be a tennis player, uh, Darko Gunchanov, <laughs> uh, or whatever it was. Was big uh, on Twitter for a while. Yeah, and the guy basically, he's a real guy, uh, but he's, he uh, claims to be doing things that he actually didn't do. Uh, so basically some guy in, uh, in uh, Macedonia or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, and uh, he was like saying, oh yeah, he had a stroke, he's going to play like doubles with Troitsky, uh, Indian <laughs> Wells and stuff like that. And uh, Ben Rothenberg basically exposed him as uh, as a catfish and I did think that was uh, that was pretty cool. So yeah, no, no, Ben, ben does a good job. Uh, I agree with him on a lot of, uh, sorry, I disagree with him on a lot of things. You don't get to a position like that without being good at your job. And there's definitely a lot of, uh, 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 journalists out there that are, are much worse than Ben uh, and Ben loves it. The, the good thing about Ben is he does love the sport he, I know he followed it as a fan beforehand uh, there's, uh, there's people like uh, Courtney UN. Uh, so I listen to I don't listen to it as much as some but uh, her and Ben's podcast is good uh, got, a ni- got a nice theme tune I don't know if it's going to be as good as this podcast feed tune, but uh, they, they're you heard uh, I've, not, I've not heard it. I've got to listen to it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they, this podcast, uh, they, their podcast is good. Uh, there's um, Jonathan Newman and uh, I forgot what his partner's called. Uh, I'd have to check that. Can you edit that? Yeah. Yeah, we can wait. Jonathan Newman. So Joe is actually uh, searching on the Twitter right now. <laughs> I, I've got to get these people's names right. Uh, so he's called Jonathan Newman, and his partner is called Elliot. Uh, and they have the Body Serve podcast. That's a good uh, name. I like I, it. 
I it's haven't. almost like the block return. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, two good shots in tennis. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've uh, listened to their podcast a few times and again, uh, these guys do like freelance writing on top of the job. But that's the thing, like the, these people, it's so difficult to get into the, the profession on a full-time basis. But these people are grinding. You've got uh, uh, Jake Davis, uh, my good friend, and he, he writes... Uh, for a website called uh, Britwatch Sports uh, that's uh, run by uh, a lady called Ross Sitar uh, and again she's working hard uh, I believe last year was a full first year credentialed at Wimbledon uh, and it's uh, these people have had to work so hard to get to, to the spot where they are so it's definitely uh, definitely good to see these people it, 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 my main gripe is more with the the mainstream press that have covered multiple sports don't follow tennis that closely but have like the job because of like because of the connections and stuff so yeah yeah I can tell you that today after uh, Rebecca Peterson lost to Donna Vekic in the second round uh, uh, I was talking to her in Swedish and there were also three reporters from BBC yeah and they were all there because I mean, it's Sweden, England on Saturday, and they won't, they won't talk <laughs> oh, about God. football, and that's, yeah, that's maybe not a good thing after a win, but a loss. No, that, they won't talk uh, about like ten minutes about football. That's that's just uh, ridiculous. The, 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 yeah. they do it for clicks and stuff like that, and I, I it was don't. Was like also that the same with Robert Lindstedt after his win. Uh, yeah, yeah. With Robin yeah. House in the doubles. Ridiculous. So uh, enough about that. Uh, I'm uh, I'm awaiting the question about the block return. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you was going to actually ask me a question about the block return show. Oh, haven't we been talking about it? <laughs> We've not talked about the block return yet, no. That's actually no. my first question in uh, every... Yeah, I've yeah, only, only done you, like you one episode, the, but I missed it. What do you think you about the, the shot, the block oh, return? The do you think it's yeah. underrated in tennis? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah? absolutely. Uh, a, blo a block return uh, deep at your opponent's feet after a big serve, you, you know... Uh, Federer does it perfectly. Uh, you've seen, I've seen Federer make uh, big servers look so silly multiple times with the block return. A real shot, definitely effective. Underused, underused. Should be used more on grass. It's uh, also good against the big servers like Raonic, uh, yeah, Isner, Karlovic. I think it was uh, Haller uh, when uh, Benoit Pair had match points. I think uh, Federer might have hit a block return then. Uh, right at uh, uh, Pear's feet. I can't remember fully. He might have done, but yeah, definitely. So yeah, underrated yeah, we, shot. We'll have a good, good block absolutely. return. And you know yeah, who uh, has maybe the best block return shot in tennis? Sam Groff. No, come on. <laughs> Haven't you seen our uh, picture for the podcast? No, no, no. It's a Chris Guccione. Ah, the Gooch. Yeah, <laughs> the Gooch. Sorely missed on tour. Legend. I think he's injured now. Maybe he's. I believe he's retired. I believe he's retired. I don't think he is actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, it'd be good if he came back, played a bit more doubles. We have to nice. ask people if he's retired. Or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ask, ask random people where he's the gooch. He's. He has been beating <laughs> Rafa. You know that. Yeah, the yeah. You got a win over Rafa. Yeah. When was that? I think it's Sydney. 2009, was it? Yeah. I'm not sure. Let's have a look. Let's fact check this. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Let's see if I'm right. Let's see if I'm right. I would say 2005. Right. 2009. Chris Guccio, uh, Rafa Nadal. Is he uh, is the only person with a winning head-to-head -head over Nadal, is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I think oh, yeah, other people do, but one of the only people, too. Uh, when was the meeting between the Gooch and Nadal? Uh, Sydney 2007. Wow. So we're both, uh, we're both out by two years. I think we should round it. <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff, uh, Joe. Before we leave, you have to pick a song. Uh, pick a song. It's a uh, thing we do here. I'm actually to end the uh, second episode of the block return. Yeah. Pick a does, song. Does it have to be any theme or anything like that, or you choose whatever so you I'm want? I'm gonna pick a song that they uh, play uh, during the. Um, break uh, at Rotterdam and I'm just going to check the artist who it's by uh, ob obviously uh, you 
I yeah. need to know the name here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know the name of the song. I just don't know the name of the artist. So I'm going to find that. So what's the name uh, of the song? It's, the, it's called The Only One. Uh, the Only One. Uh, and I believe... I don't know who it's by. But yeah, the, I, I actually shazammed it at Rotterdam. Uh, so it's... Uh, I didn't know it before. So it's... it's only one and it's by Sigala and Digital File Animals. Okay, so here so, is the only one by the Sigala uh, and Digital Farm Animals. Uh, Joe, it was a pleasure to have you here on the Thank Black Return podcast. I hope you maybe do another episode yeah, next year. Definitely. <laughs> or maybe later this year, who knows. Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. You want to uh, say some uh, last words before we uh, no, uh, just thank you for listening. Uh, if you can follow me on my social media, because I have lost a lot of my following, <laughs> so I'll mention it again. It's uh, Prodigy Rep with a V2. Um, but if you have any questions, any queries about Wimbledon, the Wimbledon experience, you know, how to get tickets, uh, stuff like that, what the, any tips, just let me know, because it's, uh, it's a great event. I recommend it anyone who comes out to watch it. Thank you, Joe, and have a wonderful time uh, for the rest of the evening.